we should set our hearts on developing samadhi, on training our minds. Because uh, this mind is something that moves very quickly. And uh, if the views of our mind are not in accordance with the Dhamma, then this uh, will give to rise to unwholesome states of mind, unwholesome actions of mind. So the thoughts that we think, uh, these are acts, this is kamma, if we attach to those thoughts. So say if we think a thought of ill will, this is manu kamma, uh, the action of mind. So what kamma means is action. And it can be done through our body, our speech, or our minds. So we see that if we have our bodies well established within sila, then they will do good things. And the same with our speech as well. We make sure that we don't say false things, or harsh things, divisive things, or useless things. But rather we speak words which are straight and honest, uh, which are pleasant to hear, which are beneficial, that have value for us. And that's how we uh, train ourselves, that's how we practice. And just like how we've been chanting, and this is a wholesome form of verbal kama that we have been doing, praising the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. And then after that, we uh, were spreading thoughts of goodwill uh, to ourselves and to others. And also doing this chant of uh, metta as well. And so these are words which are pure, which are good, which are beneficial. And we've been sitting in meditation as well and cultivating our minds. And so when we sit like this, then the body is doing wholesome deeds. It's well established in sila. The body isn't killing any beings, it's not drinking alcohol, it's not stealing anything. And we have the four Brahma-viharas looking after the mind. So there's metta, loving-kindness, karuna, compassion, uh, mudita, sympathetic joy, and upeka, equanimity. These look after and nurture the heart. And these qualities, these four divine abidings are important dhammas. These are meditation objects that uh, can care for and protect the mind. And so we try to uh, keep our minds well established in these four qualities, these four divine abidings, and have this as the normal state of our mind. And when we do this, then we don't harm ourselves, we don't harm others, but rather the mind is always creating good karma. We see that the mind is really the most important, it's the leader. And uh, we also see that what's of great importance is the karma that we produce, uh, that we are born of our karma, we're related to our karma, we follow our karma. And what we depend upon is our karma as well. So we see that the beings born into this world are different. And some people are born into great wealth and some into poverty. 
Some are born with beautiful complexions and some not. And this is due to the karma that these beings have produced in the past. So a karma is that which uh, follows us and which leads us as well. And so we do need to be cautious about what actions we produce through our body and speech and our minds. We see that it's quite difficult to take control over this mind because it's so fast and requires practice and cultivation to be able to do that. And we can, can't control our thoughts, and sometimes they think things which are unskillful. Um, especially when we meet with a sensation that we don't like, the mind uh, thinks upon that, it proliferates upon that. But we also don't like that unskillful thought as well. But this disliking is a form of tanha, of craving, uh, vipava tanha, the craving not to have, not to be not liking something, not liking these thoughts, not wanting them to be there. Um, but this is incorrect uh, for us to give rise to this craving to not have. But rather we just establish our mindfulness and see that these thoughts are there. We're not able to control them right now and just let go of them and bring our mindfulness back to the breath back to the meditation word that we're using, buddha, for example. And we try to look after our minds, to supervise them so that they're able to reach peace, they're able to be relieved of their doubts. So there are these qualities, these hindrances, which prevent the mind from settling down into calm, that cover over our minds and have done so for a very long time now. They prevent the heart from reaching stillness. Um, and whenever any, oh, sorry, rather the, the normal state of the mind is one of still, stillness and peace. Uh, but when the mind meets with a sense impression, <coughs> then it loses that stillness. It starts to proliferate. Um, due to the presence of ignorance, craving and clinging, clinging in the mind, and it gives rise to a narrative based upon these. And if we don't practice, then these kilesas, the defilements, they cause us tremendous internal suffering. So we need to try to develop, cultivate sati, mindfulness, so that our wisdom is able to stay on top of all of the sense impressions that our minds experience. It's able to be quick enough uh, to know those as they arise. But when we practice in the beginning, it's quite tough. And settling the mind into peace is something that's not easy to do. And because there's always this liking and disliking. Um, and these are qualities that themselves have been training our minds for a long time. And they're the ones that have been uh, influencing the mind. And also the qualities of drowsiness, of ill will of skeptical doubt. Uh, these have been present um, internally for a very long time now. So whenever we have a feeling of me or mine, self or other, there'll also be these feelings of love and hate and fear and anger. And they're constantly born within the heart. And sometimes there's a lot of thinking, um, great restlessness, 
in the mind, and we just can't find the reason for that. And then sometimes the mind is always thinking of to the past and to the future, and it can proliferate a lot upon this, about things that haven't even arisen yet. And more often than not, uh, the future just isn't anything like how we think it will be. But it's this ignorance, uh, craving and clinging, that pull the mind um, to think about these things. So we need to establish our mindfulness well to uh, follow up on these thoughts, on this proliferation. And then we can bring our mindfulness back to the body or to the mind, uh, back to the four foundations of mindfulness. So when we're able to recollect the body, to be aware of it uh, throughout the day, whether it's standing, walking, sitting, or lying down, we're mindful of it, then in the end the mind will reach peace and stillness. It will become uh, well established and firm. And all of the meditation objects, all of the methods of mental cultivation are for this purpose, for establishing the mind in samadhi. And when it's in that state, then wisdom is able to be born. We can see into the truth. And then we'll ask ourselves, why would we want to love something too much or hate something too much and be too fearful? And uh, wisdom will come up at this point. But if we don't have much wisdom, we need to depend upon listening to Dhamma, to words of truth. And uh, when we listen, then we contemplate what we've heard and the mind can reach peace. Because sometimes... Um, there's just so many sense impressions that come up and uh, we're not able to deal with them. So like Lady Visaka, even though she was a Sotapanna and she'd seen that both physicality and mentality are in constant, stressful, they're not self. Uh, but she still had a lot of grief when her grandchild uh, passed away. And she loved this grandchild greatly um, because she helped out with a lot of the work. And uh, if the monks were coming to uh, receive food in a house, then this grandchild was able to do all the work instead of Lady Visaka. Um, so she felt great grief at her passing. She wasn't able to uh, relieve this by herself. And even though she was a Sotapanna, she couldn't abandon this emotion because of the great love that she had for her grandchild. So she went to see the Buddha, and the Buddha gave her a teaching and said that all beings who are born into this world uh, need to meet with separation from the things that they love, and this causes them suffering. And so if you have many things that you love, then you will suffer a lot and experience this in your heart. And when she heard these teachings, then knowledge was born inside of her and she was able to let go. And she could let go like this. So it's really amazing, these teachings of the Buddha, that they can bring us to let go. So for us, we need to try to train and cultivate our minds. We need to contemplate and gain knowledge, a knowledge which is quick enough to understand the conditioned phenomena that we meet with, 
And so we are able to accept the truth of them. And sometimes people want to fix or um, annul the karma that they have made in the past. And really, in order to do this, uh, what we need to do is we need to fix our actions. That we realize what unwholesome actions we've done by body, speech, or mind, and we don't do them again. And this is really the correct means to solve our karma, uh, to, uh, to kind of annul that or to, to get rid of it. But if we, we're trying to do it in any other way, that's not correct in terms of the tenets of Buddhism. And if we believe in other ways of fixing our karma, then that's uh, sila bata baramasa, it's attachment to rites and rituals. Um, attachment to these methods. And this attachment, even though it may seem something quite small, it's able to obscure a whole mountain from our view, which means it's able to obscure the Buddha in our own heart, this inner nature of awakening. So if we believe in these other ways of solving our karma, of fixing that, um, we see that this is silabhata paramasa. So we need to come and uh, study further the, the true teachings of the Buddha, which the way of solving our karma is through practice. That we change our karma to be good and wholesome. Um, and if something that we do by our body is incorrect, then we fix that, we correct it, and we make it right. If we say something which is wrong, then we make that right. We start uh, committing wholesome speech. And if in our minds we don't hold right view, if we don't have a belief in uh, the next life, for instance, um, then we study further the teachings of the Buddha, and so that we're able to give rise to right view. Any thoughts of ill will that we may have, uh, we let them go and we give our forgiveness instead. But if we believe in other things, that means that we haven't really reached the teachings of the Buddha, that our faith in the Dhamma is still very shaky. So we need to make it firm. So Lung Pucha taught that uh, this practice is a very important principle that we need to take up. And so uh, we take this action, a kamma, as uh, the foundation of our practice. So other um, teachings or other knowledges, uh, they can't compare with the knowledge of Buddhism. Um, that is something that we really can rely upon. And uh, sometimes people take other knowledges as their foundation or as their refuge. Um, but you need to see that this isn't really able to solve the suffering or to solve the problems that we meet with. Um, they may be able to just solve them temporarily, but they can't give a permanent answer. So we develop our minds to be firm and stable, um, to be firm within this path of practice. 
and we study the principles of the practice that the awakened teachers taught. That we establish our mindfulness well. Um, And in doing this, uh, this practice is able to lead us out of suffering. So may all of you grow in blessings.